0: Hi there and welcome back to Good Distinctions. I'm Will Wright.
1: And I'm Teresa Morris.
0: And Good Distinctions
1: are the spice of life.
0: So today we are talking about when does self-expression go too far? So we're looking at the music industry in particular and we're saying, okay, when does self-expression go too far? And the reason uh, that we're having this conversation is the new Doja Cat video Paint the town red. <laughs> You're already vibing. It's so catchy, so catchy,
1: guys. It's so catchy. It's really unfortunate.
0: <laughs> but we we really need to have the conversation because things go too far sometimes. Um, and as catchy as it might be, it might not end up be good, being good for our soul. So let's let, we're going to look at a couple of the uh, elements in the video uh, and really just I think just dive in. Um so <laughs> I went back and forth about whether I wanted to actually go through some of the lyrics but you know I don't really want people going in and listening to the song to be honest and I don't want you going to the music video so here's the lyrics <clears throat> Yeah uh okay I don't want to say the lyrics she says the b word uh I said what I said I'd rather be famous instead I let all that get to my head. I don't care. I paint the town red. So very clearly, she's trying to, to say to her haters, I'm just going to do me. I'm going to go out and have fun. I like being famous, and it's really not about you. It's about me. Okay, so already there's like an interesting sort of approach. Um, then the part that people seem to have the most problem with is the explicit mention of the devil and then satanic imagery in the video. So she says, um, mm, she, the devil, she, a bad little bit, uh, you know, the b word, she, a rebel. I can't not sing it. Cause it's like super catchy. Um, she put her foot up to the pedal anyway.
1: <laughs> and she specifically on. says I'm the devil at one point.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, it's pretty explicit. There's yeah. there's paintings of the devil. There's devil costumes. There's uh, sort of this idea of her conquering her inner demons and then like enforcing mm-hmm. the law of the land. But people are freaking out because of overtly depicted demons. And like literally. Uh, at one mm-hmm. point, she's in hell. She's like all in um, like weird black paint and uh, like a bodysuit with horns Um and then this this demon is next to her, very sexualized. Um, between the two, uh, and then sort of in the middle, there's also this symbolism between her dressed all in red, kind of like a horror Babylon type symbology. Mm-hmm. I think is probably the best way to describe it. And then the Grim Reaper. So that's kind of strange as well. And there seems to be sort of a romance kind of thing going on there and then at the very beginning there's this strange like goat-ish baphomet creature that she's riding um while she's got um you know interesting clothing on and <laughs> putting putting the satanic imagery aside then there's like gouged out eyeballs raw meat uh some sort of weird umbilical cord thing that's chopped there's some abortion yeah. imagery it's it, there's a lo- there's a lot going on. So it's an
1: intense music video for sure.
0: It is, but when we were talking about it, <laughs>
1: you
0: know, Teresa, you you seem to have a, a theory about all this because this is not the only thing. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: we're not going to get into it, but there's there's like Sam Smith and Kim Petras with Unholy and dancing at the Grammy Awards. There's Beyonce having some um, symbolism in her videos. Lil Nas X got into. Um, a whole bunch of overtly satanic things. Um, Billie Eilish had that song, All the Good Girls Go to Hell. Demi Lovato has all sorts of blasphemous imagery. So, like, w- what's going on? I mean, in your mind, mm-hmm. like, what what are these people doing?
1: Yeah. I I think there's a few different ways to potentially view this for sure. And a lot of people have varying opinions on why all of a sudden... Kind of in the past five years in particular, there seems to have been Mm. this huge surge in satanic imagery in Hollywood and music. There's also just been this huge surge in dark magic um, and things just in the spiritual realm. You know, people are very into astrology right now. People are very into like witchy things. Mm. And I think a lot of that is just playing on people's current view of like artistic trends. And so I think, a, I think a huge chunk of what we're seeing is just people following the trend that's happening in art, which is, it just seems to be that like satanic things seem to be trending and people are just kind of following the trends. I personally don't think that a lot of these artists are actually involved in the church of Satan I don't think that they are full blown Satanists. It doesn't mean that Satan isn't having a field day with this, but to me, it seems like it would be a bit surprising for these artists who seem to be promoting these ideas, like you mentioned, of self expression or just following themselves and their own whims and kind of doing things on their own terms and sort of this like my way or the highway mentality in their lives. It would be almost more interesting if they actually were overtly satanic because then you have to follow someone right that like if you are part of a church even if it's the church of satan you're obedient and subservient to something other than yourself and so to me it seems pretty obvious that maybe they're not actually Satanists because they seem to just be kind of following what is beneficial for them
0: well and it seems to me that if they actually believe that satan existed and they believed anything about Satan that like Christianity would hold. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> who's who's crazy enough to actually go after that? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it would seem like that would be absolutely illogical. Uh, I think your your read of it is much more likely, uh, much more realistic. But one objection that somebody could bring up would be that what's the difference in the outcome, right? If it's mm-hmm. if it's overt Satanism, then Obviously, that's that's bad. That's wrong. That's harmful to the human person in a, a pretty infinite way. I mean, an eternal way, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if if you're worshiping yourself, as boring as that might be, um, it is exactly what Satan wants. It's exactly mm-hmm. what Satan did, right? Uh, that whole non servion that I will not serve. That that idea of I'm not going to put my obedience and trust in God. I'm going to seek my meaning in myself. So even if there is this sort of idea of self-expression, it's ultimately incredibly harmful to that person mm-hmm. as well as anyone else who follows in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think there's, I mean, we're all about good distinctions. So is there a, mm-hmm. a real distinction between this sort of worship of self, a sort of, I'll call it a lowercase S Satanism versus mm-hmm. actual, Satanic worship of uppercase s Satanism
1: mm-hmm. well, what I find really interesting is that the Church of Satan actually has drawn that distinction very publicly, so mm. a couple years ago, there was a performance by Sam Smith at the Grammys, and the leader of the Church of Satan came out and said, "We had nothing to do with that, and we don't stand by this performance so I think even in in their own claim about what kind of qualifies as Satanism or not, there seems to be a bit of a distinction. But I think you're very much correct that the outcome can often be the same, that our culture is being influenced by these things and people who listen to them are repeating them, whether or not they're, they're oriented towards the promotion of the artists or they're oriented towards promotion of Satan himself. What is happening in the soul of the person who's repeating these lyrics or watching these videos, and what's happening to the culture is likely the same outcome. And so then I think our response to it needs to not be one of constantly getting so worked up in terms of trying to denounce these artists, but our response and our efforts should be more oriented towards okay, well, what are we going to do about this then? And how are we going to draw boundaries? in the type of media that we're consuming because oftentimes what happens on social media is people just like to freak out about this and be like, Oh, Mm so-and-so is, um, you know, doing this again. And this is just part of Hollywood. And yes, we should come out and say, Hey, these things are not okay. Right. Um, but if we stay there and we stay in this, just, we're just going to denounce this and we're just going to feed off each other's anger over this and not say, actually, our response is going to be to propose something more beautiful for the culture and to try to build up a more beautiful, life-giving culture, then we're not doing anything helpful either, right? We're just continuously drawing attention to these bad things instead of saying, hey, this is bad. We're going to acknowledge that, but we're now going to point people towards something more beautiful. So I think that's kind of where um, our response can differ, even if, you know, the outcome for the culture is the same, I think our response to it has to not just be to stay in this sort of mode of, of panic or mode of just, yeah, begrudging these artists that we need to kind of move towards, like, ushering something more beautiful in for our culture. Because, like you and I have noted, these things are very catchy. And mm-hmm. so, you know, everyone is is being affected by this. No one's immune to that because, you know... These things are catchy. So I would say, yeah, I think maybe a better distinction. I mean, it's good to, you know, talk about, you know, what do we, what is the difference between something that's like overtly satanic versus just things that kind of play off of the power that that has. But I would say maybe a a question to, to follow up is what makes something good art and what makes something bad art? Because it seems like, this is just really Mm -hmm. bad art. (laughs) That's just, it's just not good art. So what would you say would be like more life giving or how would you define good art? Or why would you explain to someone why this is just bad art, even though it's really catchy?
0: Yeah. So St. Thomas Aquinas speaks of three hallmarks of beauty and he says that beauty is objective, which is something that our society clearly does not care to note. Um, but those would be clarity, integrity, and proportion, right? So, <clears throat> claritas uh, is this idea that it shows forth the thing that's being depicted. Uh, it makes it clearly present. That like there's a clarity to it. Um, but then it also has to have integrity. It needs to be whole, um, and that means quite a few things. But it, in terms of human expression, in ser- in terms of like this Doja Cat video. It's about her expressing things about herself. Mm -hmm. Well, she there needs to be integrity in how she's presenting herself as a human person, and clearly, this is not the full picture of who she Mm -hmm. Um,
1: is—not
0: even close. Now, I I would argue that there is clarity to an extent in terms of uh, at least one aspect of the way that she views herself. So, however much stock you put in self identity. Um, But I'll put a pin in that and come back to that. And then the third one is proportion, right? It has to be in due proportion. I would say that this is completely way out of proportion.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd say that's
0: probably the worst part of it is that you have something like using the symbolism of Satan of this idea of um sort of bucking the system and saying, well, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do it my way Um, and just taking it way too far using these overt mm-hmm. satanic symbolisms to communicate some sort of self-identity is, is not actually serving any good purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably not even close to accurate. I mean, when we realize especially the reality of who Satan is as a person, as um, a fallen angel who chose to rebel against God for all of eternity rather than serve him,
1: Mm-hmm. even though
0: as an angel he had infused knowledge and knew everything there was to know everything that he needed to know to make this sort of inf- this eternal choice to serve or not to serve he saw it all he saw the truth the goodness and the beauty of it and he still chose himself well the reason that the angels have a eternal consequence is because they had that eternal view they had that infused knowledge of everything that they needed to know, and so they made that informed choice once. Well, we as human beings, thanks be to God, get a billion second chances, right? <laughs> and so it's it's never a good idea to compare ourselves to Satan. Um, and I, I don't think it ever serves a purpose that is proportional to who we are as human beings. And it also mm-hmm. bleeds over into integrity. <laughs> Picking back up that thread of identity, right? I said, let's put a pin in it. Well, it's it's so strange to me that, especially in psychological circles, we seem to have gone towards this idea that people can just sort of self-identify in all sorts of different ways. Um, there used to be a, a very strong sense that you had to have multiple sorts of um ways to validate whether someone was suffering from a particular disorder or not. Uh, And now it's just sort of, well, if they say it, we just have to believe them, we just have to affirm it. Well, that gets us into all sorts of problems, because we as human beings are really bad at knowing who we are and what's going on in our mind and heart. Um, So when I see that music video, I don't see, wow, she's just trying to worship Satan. I see... Now, this is a broken individual who doesn't know herself at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has this misapprehension of, of what is actually good for her, uh, which goes back to this idea of beauty. So no, I don't think it's good mm-hmm. art merely because it's not showing forth what humanity is mm-hmm. uh, at its best. Maybe it's showing forth what it is at its worst, but the, the issue is you can have good art that's showing forth the reality of evil but you can't say that that evil is good, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what she's doing, right? She's showing forth something evil, but she says it's actually good, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that that sort of defeats the whole purpose of mm-hmm. art, right? Mm-hmm. To to show forth that reality. So I'd say even in the final analysis, even clarity is not mm-hmm. um, really preserved either.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: striking yeah. zero for three on this one, yeah,
1: bad odds. Yeah. It's interesting. What you're saying is making me think about the movie, the conjuring. And I know horror movies are, you know, you can land in different places on whether or not that would be beneficial for your soul to watch that or not. However,
0: <laughs> I like them. Okay. Good it's good.
1: Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in, I think it's the first m- movie or the first, yeah. The first conjuring, um, as you know the this couple is trying to figure out what's going on in this house and you know the the mom is constantly being attacked there's a line towards the end of the movie where the the husband who is the main exorcist realizes that the reason that the mom keeps getting attacked for every single family that moves into this house Satan attacks the mother and he says this is because there's nothing Satan fears more than a mother and her love for her family. And it's this like beautiful acknowledgement of truth, right? That that is the thing Satan fears the most. He fears Mary from, from the moment that you know humanity sinned and God explained the fall and the results of the fall and how he was gonna bring good out of it. Women and mothers are what. Is most threatening to Satan because there's new life and there's nurturing and there's true freedom. And so when it comes to art that involves Satan, I wouldn't say, and I don't think either of us would say, that we should never involve Satan in art, but he should not be the inspiration for artistic expression. Um, because, like you're saying, like the we would we would lose the integrity and the clarity of message if we did that, that he is not the inspiration but there is some truth in how Satan affects humanity and we can speak into that. And so that the conjuring is a good example. I would say the screw tape letters is another great example where, you know, that's all the whole story of the screw tape letters is about demons and how evil affects the human heart and can limit our freedom in our actions, but it's not done in a way that anyone would ever receive that message or or enter into those forms of art and go, oh, what I would like to then orient my life around is this type of absolute freedom with no limits or self expression with no limits.
0: Um, well, and C.S. Lewis talks about these two dangers when it comes to Satan, right? Mm-hmm. And what are we talked about this earlier? So, what what mm-hmm. are those?
1: Yeah, he says that. Satan really wins out if we fall to one of two extremes. So, either the extreme of becoming really obsessed with him. And so, that could look like, you know, actually being a Satanist, or it could look like, you know, just being really obsessed with yourself. Like you said, that essentially someone who's just only interested in themselves is kind of falling into the exact same behavior pattern. Or it could look like, you know, dressing up in certain ways. So, becoming really obsessed with Satan and evil. And dark magic. And then the flip side, which is, he says is equally as dangerous, is being apathetic towards evil or going to the extent that you think Satan doesn't exist. And that what we're called to do is to exist somewhere in the middle, like we always say, which is to acknowledge the reality that Satan does exist. He's not some caricature. Like there's really evil that exists in the world and our job is not to be obsessed with him Um, but to be oriented towards Christ, right? That if we are oriented towards what's evil simply for the sake of denouncing it, then we are still turning our backs on Christ, even if we're not following it. And so to constantly have our posture be towards the Lord. I love the story of St. Teresa of Avila that, you know, Satan used to to bother her. Um, And, you know, there's this difference between possession and obsession. And that obsession is like, you know, Satan kind of like throwing things at you, but he has not possessed your body or possessed your being. And so he used to bother her and just like throw things around her room and stuff. And there's this story about one night he like woke her up and he's like throwing things around her room. Things are crashing all around. And she just turns over in her bed and she looks and she's like, oh my gosh, let's see you again. And like rolls her eyes and then like turns back over and goes to sleep. And so just the peace that we can have in acknowledging his existence and the real effects that he can have in the world, but being so rooted in the Lord that we trust that he's going to take care of us and come through for us.
0: Well, it's important to remember that that sort of oppression by Satan or the demons is not, it's not like you are a terrible person and therefore you're being oppressed. Um, You may not have done anything to deserve it at all. Or like St. Teresa of Avila, you might be somebody who is so holy Mm -hmm. that Satan is trying to distract you. Um, On the same token, it might be somebody who's falling into habitual mortal sin and so they're being oppressed mm-hmm. by Satan and the demons. Um, and that one's actually pretty easy to fix. Go to confession uh, and make a good confession. And the demons flee this. Like, sanctifying grace in our soul is is not something that they like. And same thing with, with Mary, as you brought up. I, uh, I, I always had, especially evangelical friends, say, well, you know, there's God over here and there's Satan over here. And it's like, that's not the right thing. Scale. God is infinite. He's omnipresent. Mm -hmm. He's omniscient. Um, If you wanna, if you wanna look at it this way, okay, you've got Satan on the one hand, and you've got the anti-Satan Mary on the other Mm -hmm. end. Like that's actually more of an even matchup, and even there, Satan loses to a human. Mm -hmm. Um, That obedience of Mary is simply just more powerful Mm
1: -hmm. than
0: the disobedience of Satan. He can't win even when he's trying. To win I in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form, like he always loses, um, and, it, and some of his attempts seem fairly pathetic. I mean, you look at the temptation of Jesus in the desert it's like there's I saw this hilarious reel on Instagram the other day, and it was like, bro, are you quoting me to me? like <laughs> come on, and it was really funny i can't remember who posted it, uh, but it, it was hilarious, but I think when it comes to like obsession. So, like moving on from oppression to obsession, um, you don't necessarily have to be obsessed with Satan. As in, like I'm going to dress up like Satan or worship Satan. There's also obsession just in being far too fixated on studying demonology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I had this like very, very solid Catholic friend um, who just knew, and he had enough self knowledge that he said, "I just can't, I can't read any books about it. I can't watch mm-hmm. any shows about it." I can't watch any YouTube videos about it cuz I get obsessed. I I can't stop thinking about demons mm-hmm. and it's just that's not healthy. It's distracting. And so I think that's really the uh the kicker for like horror movies and things like this yeah. is like there's nothing wrong with the genre. It can go off the rails absolutely. There's some that just glorify violence and debauchery and um like I used to watch the Saw movies and like at some point I decided Okay, I'm not gonna watch these anymore. It's just gross. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. there's. I'm not growing from it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but I would say, like, something like the first Conjuring movie is an excellent example of good horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's really well written. It's well acted. It has those redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. It doesn't glorify evil. I mean, obviously, it's designed like any other James Wan movie to make you afraid and like jump scares and all these things. Mm-hmm. But he even never takes it too seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it's kind of it. funny because Saw and the Conjuring are like the same director and producer, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So even there, like we have to be discerning if if you can't mm-hmm. watch a horror movie without being completely fixated on it and distracted from doing the things that you ought to do, mm-hmm. then don't watch them. In fact, right. it would be wrong for you to watch them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, if it's leading you towards sin or um anything like that, like obviously you can't do it. I mean, it's very similar to our conversation about Oppenheimer.
1: Um, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if you,
0: if you can't go there, um, if, if nudity on screen is going to cause you to sin, if it's going to lead you to lust, like you can't go there. You just can't do mm-hmm. it. So it's the same thing with horror movies. Um, yeah. But in the same vein, you have something like the Saw movies or something even worse, like hostile Or something like that, but then you also have Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: they're in the same genre, but you can't. That's like apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. So, again, just like for what we try to do with good distinctions is allow people the freedom to make their own choices and Mm
1: -hmm. and exercise
0: their free will um, in a way that's commensurate with what God commands and what Mm -hmm. the natural law commands, but allow for that freedom of. Um, engagement with these different art forms without being a judgmental jerk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe something's not good for you, but that doesn't mean it it won't be just fine for someone else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a great point because I think that if we start to say that certain types of depictions in cinema or in music are inherently wrong, then we just end up going down a really dangerous road. So if we say, you know, some type of you know monsters or some type of evil or anything like that is is wrong to consume then you end up like you said having these situations of just apples and oranges because we've made a claim about some inherent moral value so if we say you know it's bad to to consume movies where there's monsters and it's like well there's a huge difference between you know the conjuring and monsters ink right that it's like but we've made, if we've made a certain claim then it's like you know you 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 can't engage with it once we say there's something inherently wrong there. So I think it's being able to distinguish one, you know, what's the intention behind this film? What is what really is the content behind it? And two, like you said, knowing your own heart and knowing your what are you laughing about?
0: I <laughs> just sorry, I just I just processed that uh what I'm you saying about put conjuring Inc. and monsters Inc. in the same sentence as know, if they I both kinda... belong to the horror genre.
1: Well, I'm trying to, I know, as I'm saying it, I'm like, I'm not making the point that I want to make, which is that. I hope you know we're keeping all of this in there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm not editing
0: this out. I think it's hilarious. Anyway.
1: Um, (laughs) So everyone listening, please enjoy
0: Monsters, (laughs) Inc. as a (laughs) horror movie.
1: Well, it's to make this point, it's, it's an extreme example to to point out what some people tend to do, which is, oh, if there's dark magic or there's wizards mm-hmm. or something in a book or a movie or a song, then it has to be bad. And we can't lump all these things in together. And so the point is to you know be, be authentic in your own discernment and to not say anything that has witches and wizards is of the devil, because it's just not true.
0: Well, it'd be interesting if if there was a movie or a book series, for example, that had an a antagonist that was, like, literally Satan, um, and the only reason that he was defeated was because of the love of a mother, like, that would be a powerful story. One that would really <laughs> resonate around the world, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it would be really, really incredible if someone would, you know, begin to write those stories on a napkin, and maybe... You know, they would become bestsellers or something. But who's to say? Anyway, um... (laughs) who's who's to say? (laughs) Uh,
0: No, but I do want to make a comment on that because, like, uh, we like to talk about everybody in the Catholic world, and I want to bring up (laughs) Father Chad Ripperger, who I love. I really appreciate his work, so I want to make that very clear. He's a very, very excellent priest. Really solid. Has a lot of good things to say. He thinks that reading Harry Potter is evil. Like He claims that it's demonic, he claims that it opens people up to uh, Satan, and he's saying this as an exorcist, and he's saying that this comes from his experience as an exorcist. But in the same breath, he talks about how the spells that are used in it are real, and that the names of certain characters are demons, completely unsubstantiated. He's never cracked open the book. I mean, it's, it's bastardized Latin or Greek that that's the spells. And as far as the demon names, wh- what? Like, I, I, I think Trent Horn, um, put an episode out about this responding to Father Ripper and it was an excellent, excellent mm-hmm. podcast. So go, go check that out for sure. But it just highlights this thing that we can kind of go too far, mm-hmm. um, even with the best of intentions, even uh, a man as erudite as Father Chad Ripperger, who is brilliant. I mean, his books on magisterial authority um, were were second to none when I was trying to sort through, like, how does the magisterium actually work? Um, so, I mean, he's got so much to say and so much to offer, but on this particular thing, uh, falls flat, I think, mm-hmm. Um and it's, it's it's interesting because if I bring that up in certain circles with my friends, they will just completely shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might not say anything, maybe my friends wouldn't say anything, but I know people um, who would have no qualms with just calling me a dirty modernist for even mm-hmm. suggesting that Father Ripperger's wrong on anything,
1: mm-hmm.
0: let alone... Uh, saying that I like Harry Potter and I think it's a good story. Um, now there's plenty of problems. Those kids are like completely ridiculously disobedient and prideful and whatever. there's there's problems. but like there's three sources of sin in the world: the world, the flesh, and the devil. right And so not everything is Satan. Not everything is our sinful human nature, our fallen human nature. Not everything is the worldly influence of what's around us more often than not it is a combination of one two or three of those sources but it's important not to sub- subscribe ascribe everything to the demonic mm-hmm. right. and also to give some some level of prudential judgment of okay I have a kid who literally thinks that if you wave a stick around then magic will happen mm-hmm. if that's true they're not reading Harry Potter like right. as a parent I wouldn't allow that. But if they have an active immune imagination and they can discern the difference,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I mean, the mental gymnastics that Father Ripperger does in that same lecture or some other traditionalists will do, will say, well, you know, this magic's awful, but the magic in Lord of the Rings is fine. Yeah. Well, why? Because I like Lord of the Rings, of course. Yeah. Um, now, there is a lot to be said about the sort of intentional magic and manipulation of the natural world versus like a sort of materially normal magic that's in lord of the rings like no one thinks anything of it gandalf is a wizard and that's just the way it is and he can manipulate all sorts of things and mm-hmm. it's just part and parcel of his nature and nobody blinks an eye so it's not like the the muggle world sort of being aware of uh of mm-hmm. witches and wizards and having to have their memories wiped like mm-hmm. so yes there's a difference um but again, I don't think it's a big enough difference to say this one's okay. And this one's
1: not mm-hmm. right. Uh, yeah, I very much agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there, there has to be clarity of thought and honest ability to be able to say, just because I don't like or prefer these books or these types of movies or this type of music that it's pretty dangerous to put a label of evil and Satanism on some type of art or expression that doesn't have it. And I think that it can make people more scrupulous and more fearful as a replacement for faith and trust in the Lord. And so... Um, yeah, I think we, especially people who are in positions of authority, have to be really careful about doing that. And it is good as new stories come out, you know, and you know, new new types of expression um, come out in the world that we should be discerning about them, and we should be cautious about them until they're proven to be good and wholesome, or there's some type of story or lesson or some type of edification that can be found in them, that we shouldn't just accept new things as good and not look and ensure that they're not dangerous to our own souls or to the souls of those around us. But we also have to be really cautious in putting really intense labels on things and making rash judgments about them if that can't be substantiated. And that's true of anything in the world. Um. So what would you say, you know, as we kind of take this whole genre of art and artistic expression, and we can acknowledge that there's there's good and bad in all of it, and a lot of the purpose of art is to express that that's part of the human experience, right? That it's like, we are not perfect, we're not God, Um, We have free will. We have the ability to choose good for ourselves. We have the ability to choose away from it. Um, What would you say is like maybe the guiding question for someone as they're looking to answer for themselves or for their children or for people that they're influencing to determine whether or not it's okay or permissible or not dangerous to listen to a certain song or read a certain book, what would be the guiding question that you would give them to determine, you know, is this art actually ordered towards something good and beautiful?
0: I think the guiding question is pretty basic. Is this art, whether it's music or, or movies or whatever else, is it leading me to an encounter with Jesus or not? And that Mm -hmm. may seem very, very basic and like, Really, that's what you're going to answer. But what I mean by it is this. If Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, which he is, if he is the beautiful one, if he is goodness itself incarnate, if he is literally truth, then everything that we consume ought to be able to lead us to an encounter with him. Hmm. And I think anything that's bad art will do the opposite.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so even something like uh, uh, something like an album of a secular artist, um, where they're just talking about things that are real,
1: mm-hmm. like maybe
0: it's not necessarily all completely moral what they're saying. Like I can think about Billy Joel as an example, who's an ardent atheist. I mean, um, maybe he's the best example of this, but some of his songs, I mean, okay, put. Only the good Die Young to the side, because it's garbage. I I, mm. I went to see him live, and that song was... He played Highway to Hell as a cover, which rocked hard, and it was excellent. Which, Because, by mm. the way, here's another thing. I have no problem with the ACDC song Highway to Hell, because they're not talking about the actual hell. Now, mm. do I think it's prudent to talk about hell in that way? No. But I think they're just trying to say that they're just, you know, having a good time. That was rock and roll. That was classic rock. You have Mm -hmm. the devil horn symbol. You have uh, 666, the number of the beast, Iron Maiden. Like none of these guys are worshiping Satan. Um, Even Ozzy Osbourne was like, yeah, it's a gimmick. Um, Mm. Like Black Sabbath songs, if you listen to them, were basically hippies with a heavy drum beat. I mean, War Pigs is about how awful war is, for example. Anyway, so um, (laughs) what the heck was I talking about? Anyway, so if you're watching something or listening to something like this cover of Highway to Hell by Billy Joel Live at Mm -hmm. at Chase Field here in Phoenix, like, yeah, it rocked really hard. And then he immediately went into Only the Good Die Young. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He's making a statement. Like that was a um, trolling anti-Christian move. Cause he even, mm-hmm. he said something in between, I'm not going to repeat it, but it was like very, very clear that he was being antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Well, that's horrendous. But then when you listen to some of his other songs, like Piano Man, for example, one of the most famous songs there is, he's talking about all these people he's meeting in a bar who are at different stages of their lives and, um, like Paul, who's a real estate novelist who never had time for a wife, is talking with Davey, who's still in the Navy, probably will be for life. Like They're going through their own thing. They have their own journey. And it seems to me that there's something redeeming about just saying, this is where this person is.
1: Because
0: mm. I think, especially as Catholics, we can get into this rut where we expect everyone to be perfect now. We mm-hmm. don't give them grace to be like, okay, right. you're here now. Let's move a step further. We just want everyone to be immediately perfect. Everything needs to be inc- entirely good start to finish. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the reality. That's not where we are. So mm-hmm. when I see that like I read I'll I'll listen to something by like like Piano Man and go, "Man, you know there's a lot of people at a lot of different points in their life." And it reminds me as someone who's engaged in the work of evangelization that I need to be cognizant mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. I need to remember that people are at a different stage in their journey when I'm speaking and when I'm writing and doing all these things. And I can't sort of assume that everyone's even engaged in trying to grow closer to Christ.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that ex- that reflection comes from listening to Piano Man.
1: Right. So
0: is that good art?
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: would say absolutely, because it's leading yeah. me to encounter Christ and encountering Christ in the other. Mm -hmm. So if you have something like the Doja Cat video or the new song, Paint the Town Red, like, yeah, it's super catchy, um, but it's awful. I mean, on on every single level, we've already talked about it, so I'm not going to relitigate it, but like, Mm -hmm. it's probably having a net negative effect on society. Mm. And maybe that's not the best calculus to do is like, okay, it's doing a little bit of bad instead of a lot of bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's something there if it's neutral, we can just say, okay, it's neutral. If -hmm. it's a net positive, like more good is coming out of it than not, as long as it's not overtly evil, we have nothing wrong. I mean, the principle is, Mm -hmm. is what, right? The principle is, uh, like the Machiavellian idea that, um, uh, the ends justify the means. And of course, as Catholics, we'd say the ends never justify the means, but we Mm -hmm. never finished that statement.
1: Mm-hmm. The ends never
0: justify the means when an intrinsic evil is involved.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's probably more accurate.
1: Right. So
0: the ends justify the means all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I don't think we ever I don't think we're careful enough with that distinction because
1: yeah. sometimes
0: things that are neutral that occasionally are good are a net good. Mm-hmm. So just let it be. It doesn't yeah. have to be good start to finish, it doesn't have to be completely without error. Um, Mm -hmm. To be, to have some sort of redemptive quality. And I think this especially comes through with movies. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great movies that have a great message that are flawed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so be it. Um, But I think if we make the perfect the enemy of the good, then we're not going to have any expression because Mm -hmm. people will be too afraid to express themselves.
1: Yeah, I I really like what you just said. And, and I would also add, because this is a caveat that I needed at certain points in my life, that even if there isn't some type of inherent evil in a song or, you know, a movie or something like that, um, it doesn't mean it's not affecting your soul to repeat it. And mm. I remember having this realization when my niece was singing a Taylor Swift lyric last year. She's like three years mm. old. And she's going, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want her going around saying that. And she just has no idea what she's saying. And I was like, my heart broke to hear her say that. And I was like, this is such a harmless song. And so, um, yeah, just to be aware that repeating things or consuming things do have effects on our souls, that everything that we consume, everything that we repeat in some way affects us. And there's no way to separate, you know, what our body is engaging with, with how our soul is affected. And so the message I needed to hear a few years ago was just because you can understand that art is nuanced and you can understand that the human heart is complex and there can be goodness found in everything doesn't mean that you have to consume it as a stand against scrupulosity. So just know that as well. Um, And that goes back to knowing your own heart that, you know, I really didn't want to be someone who was like a really overly scrupulous person. And so I was like, oh, well, it's a, you know, I was almost consuming certain things as like to make a point against scrupulosity. And that's not good either because there are just things that we shouldn't consume. So to know that there's a middle ground there. And yes, we don't want to be overly, overtly scrupulous, um, but we also don't want to be rash. And we do need to take care of our own souls and be aware that what we consume does affect us.
0: Well, and I have an analog of that. I mean, I, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan and, uh, the boss has got a lot of great songs that are overtly Catholic. I mean, he is a Mm -hmm. Catholic, um, not a great one, but he's still a Catholic. Mm -hmm. So, but he's got a lot of songs that are very antithetical to the faith. Mm -hmm. And so it's, how do you how do I say that I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan? Well, Mm -hmm. because I think that everything that he writes is a real self-expression. He's telling a story. He's, he's being honest. Even if he's wrong, he's still being Mm -hmm. honest. And I think that authenticity is incredibly important because if we can't be honest with ourselves, how do we begin to grow in anything? Humility, Mm -hmm. gratitude, self-knowledge. Um, and so I guess it, you know it shows that there's a, an evolution sometimes even in people's music, and you can hear that. Like if you go back and listen to the river, he's talking about getting a girl pregnant and mm. all these different things, and then you listen to his older songs, and he's an old man and he's talking about being an old man. Like it, mm-hmm. it's kind of neat seeing the, uh, the evolution. And I wasn't gonna bring up T but like since you brought her up, I know you're a big Swifty, but like, mm. um. I checked out after 1989, I'm going to be honest. She tragic. lost me. She lost me. But like let's be honest, let's be real. Some of her songs are are pretty bad. Like not necessarily bad in terms of not catchy, not good musically, mm-hmm. but like lyrically I'm just saying she's probably sold her soul to the devil and she's a member of the Illuminati. <laughs> I, Gosh, I mean,
1: how dare you? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I'm totally
0: joking. I'm being sarcastic. Like, but this is what people do, right? Like, they see yeah. something that they don't like in a, a song. Um, mm-hmm. Like, was what was that one song on the like neon looking album with like the rainbow ish stuff? And, like, her. just get over it. Um,
1: oh, yeah.
0: Right? Like, basically, mm-hmm. she's saying to everybody who doesn't you support the LGBT it. agenda, just get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I'm like, no, Taylor, I won't, actually. Thank you. <laughs> Come again. Super catchy song, but a little antagonistic. Um, But, like, does that mean she's completely irredeemable? Like, no. But there's so many people online. Like, you can search it up. And just be like almost any celebrity. Just put in their name and then put Illuminati, and you will find right,
1: yeah.
0: forums and threads mm-hmm. to your heart's content. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that goes back to what we were talking about in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, she's not a member of the Illuminati. No, she's not a Satan worshiper. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so anyway,
1: yeah.
0: as a yeah. Swifty, <laughs> I would mm-hmm. just ask, do you see any issues with Taylor Swift's music? And I know that's super broad, but I just want to, I just wanted to put that really difficult question out there. And get you on record.
1: <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm trapped. <laughs> um. Yeah. Do I see any issue with any of her music? Of course. Yes. She's not perfect. Scandalous. As, much as oh my I know, I'm not I'm not going to be homeless. So the Swifties are going to reject me. Um. Yeah. I I mean, you don't I even <laughs> have to go any further.
0: I just I think it's interesting that um the only reason I bring it up is because there's this weird cultural phenomenon where like people are going to her concerts and they're so stressed about it. Like happy stressed that they have like some sort of amnesia where they forget the entire experience. Yeah, that is
1: really interesting. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah.
0: I mean, how big of a cultural icon do you have to be to have that effect mm-hmm. on people and is that good for people?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's yeah. what I'm and that's not her fault. I'm not saying mm-hmm. like this is all Taylor Swift's doing and she's yada yeah. yada yada.
1: But like, well, what does that do to young yeah. women, especially? Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and I I think there is something really interesting about that, about how intense her fandom has become. That even in this particular era's tour, people are are becoming like reinvigorated with how much they love her. But what I think that is, and why she's so influential in in that way, is because she's the way that Taylor Swift has. Lived out her career and been so successful is she is continuously bringing more people into her community, right? That, like, uh-huh. I'm now in my late 20s and I started listening to Taylor Swift when I was a preteen. And now my high school students listen to her and still relate to her and not her old stuff, her new stuff. So somehow uh-huh. she's been able to, you know, bridge generations. And so for my generation, there's this nostalgia of like, oh, I remember being 14 and hearing her for the first time on the radio. And now she still is speaking into my experience as a woman and as a person. And I think that if you don't have a God figure in your life to be able to be like, wow, look at what the Lord did in my life at 14 and look at what he's doing now and look at how he stayed with me this whole time, then an artist is going to be that person for you. But if you have an, a, an encounter and a relationship with God and you're like, man, yeah, look at all these things he's carried me through and look at the way he's written this story of my life and look how he's responded to the needs of my heart at every point. That's where that sense of awe and that sense of allegiance should go is that should go towards Christ and that sense of like gratitude and affection should go towards him. But if you don't have him to fill that need, then it's going to go to someone like Taylor Swift, who's been mm. able to do that in some way. So I'd say maybe that's like an over-spiritualization of it, but I would say that's why she resonates so deeply with people is because they aren't looking to God to have that encounter of, here's this person who's stayed with me my entire life and seen me through all these things.
0: Well, and I think uh, like to her credit, she is very authentic. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of beauty there, and it's it's the same thing that I say about Bruce Springsteen, like his music evolved, her music has evolved because they've grown as people. Now you mm-hmm. can say whether it's gone one way or another, or whatever, but like she even says that that was a journey for her, like her critics would say you've you've played you're two country." Okay, well, mm-hmm. now she's pop. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're too pop. You're a sellout. And it's like, mm-hmm. right, you talk too much about uh, your breakups. So you need to be more strong and independent. And right. then it's just like no one's ever satisfied. Right. Um, but all along the way, the music that she writes, I think it's incredible that, well, first of all, she writes it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: huge. So you want to talk about like a, a powerful female icon for young women mm-hmm. to follow that you can be successful on your own terms. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, Now that, that to me is dangerous to an extent, because like you said, if you're not moored to, to God, um, then that turns into like the Doja Cat effect where it's your own terms actually becomes self-defeating. It becomes Mm -hmm. self-worship. And it seems to me, and I, I don't know, I don't know Taylor Swift's heart. I don't know her at all. Um, I don't even know her new music.
1: Unfortunately.
0: I know, I know I'm a terrible human being according <laughs> to like everyone in society apparently. But she uh you know, she seems to be all the videos that I've seen from the Eras tour, she seems to be enjoying the heck out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she seems to just thrive on her fans being happy. Yeah. Which is very different than a lot of pop stars and rock stars who are glorifying themselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I'm not saying she doesn't deal with pride. I'm sure she does. Any pop star would have to. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: but to some large extent, it seems like she truly cares about her fans, Mm -hmm. uh, and their happiness and well-being and enjoyment of the performance. Mm
1: -hmm. And there's a lot
0: to be said, like as a musician, that is so cool to see, Mm -hmm. um, that they can actually just go and have a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, like she yeah. doesn't seem preachy. Like I didn't go to the tour, but like I don't know what she said or didn't say. Um but I haven't seen any clips of her like pontificating.
1: Right. Like, exactly. I went
0: to a YouTube show one time and Bono like just can't help himself. Mm-hmm. He's got to talk about some cause and it's like, dude, yeah. I came to listen to the Joshua Tree perform live. Can you shut up and just play the mm-hmm. music?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um
0: still a great show, but like ugh, so much pontificating.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And and having been to the Eras tour and, and to some of her other concerts that she does seem deeply invested in the human heart and the experience of the human heart. And she's able to articulate um, the human experience in a lot of ways. And I think that's that's why she's so successful as a writer and as an artist who's able to invite her fans into an encounter with their own hearts, you know, in her concerts, that it's not just Oh, you're here to watch me and you're just all these passive observers, but they're really invited into an experience with her. And I, you know, one of my friends and I always joke that we think she and JP two would get along really well and that they would have like a lot to talk about because they both really care about the human heart and they would, I'm sure land in different conclusions about a lot of things. Uh But I think having that as a starting point for an artist, a care for the human heart and the human person is a great place to start because Ideally, if you do that investigation well, you will end up at something authentically beautiful and you'll end up at some type of encounter with truth, which whether or not they're able to name it as such is an encounter with Christ himself.
0: Well, and that journey needs to be authentic. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I keep coming back to that because if it's not authentic, then it it will be filled by some sort of false narrative
1: right. every
0: single time. Um Which will get us further from the truth. So Mm -hmm. even if, like you say, Taylor Swift might not come, I think the fact that she would have conversations with JB two and not come to the same conclusions means she's not on the right track. Mm -hmm. However, she is being authentic. And I think in the long term, as long as she stays true to that, uh, I hope that she will experience that love of Christ in her life. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I hope that of everyone Um, But how amazing would it be if she could encounter that and then help others encounter that? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we hope for everyone. I mean, it seems like the folks we've got on our side are like Mark Wahlberg just (laughs) doing his thing. You know, stay prayed up. Um, And God (laughs) bless him. God bless him. He's trying his best to atone for Ted and all the other
1: crappy (laughs) movies
0: he's made. Um, (laughs) But it's so interesting that... uh, in this self-expression so often turns into a glorification of self or a glorification of sin mm-hmm. that it's really nice to see self-expression lead to an authentic exploration of the human heart, like you said.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Um, and I think that's the antidote to any sort of lingering Satanism,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: Because if we're truly examining our heart and we grow in self-knowledge, the key there is fear of the Lord. It's humility. It's gratitude for, to God. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that just says to us, like, kind of wrapping up this thread, I think is like, we need to speak truth into that moment mm-hmm. in a very powerful way. Like, as Christians, we need to step up and say, what you're searching for, what you desire, that searching, that desiring is good. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Because I, I think so often I talk to Catholics who are like, oh, you're searching for the wrong things. You shouldn't want that. Like, shut up. Like, you're not mm-hmm. helping anything at all. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Don't
0: tell them not to desire. Don't tell them right. not to search.
1: Yeah.
0: Say, keep searching. Keep mm-hmm. desiring. Yeah. That thing you want, God made it, and it's good. Now there's more. And let me tell you the more. Mm -hmm. and that's just a pivot. That's not even like, you're not even changing what you're trying to do. It's just a, an approach that's different. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you experience this as well, but I've had so many people who come up to me and say, well, every time I try to share the faith, you know, people just get uh, defensive and they just shut down. It's like, I don't know if I've ever experienced that. Mm. Cause the way that I approach sharing the faith is Mm. positively. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not, I'm not looking at them and saying, well, you're wrong on that, or mm-hmm. this is, uh, this is the wrong approach. You should look at this. It's, I know, right. just present the gospel in a very positive and forward way and realize that it's not up to you to convert people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the Holy spirit. And all we're doing is, is presenting as best we can to be instruments of God's will being docile to the Holy spirit in a conversation and recognizing that Rome wasn't built in a day and you don't have to do everything in one conversation, Plant mm-hmm. a seed.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that it responds to the needs and the desires of the unique human heart. And one of my favorite quotes, which I'm sure I've said before and will say a million times in this podcast, is from Pope Benedict Sixteenth, And he says that there are as many ways to God as there are human faces. And yep. so, you know, it's it's not just objective desires it's the desires of the unique human heart and the human person in front of you and if we are unable to acknowledge that the faith is a response to that person and their desires in that particular season of their life then we're missing the whole point of the incarnation that christ came for us to enter into our own experience and to bring us to himself
0: so when does self expression go too far after everything we talked about how would you answer that
1: I would say that self-expression goes too far if it's not in the, I mean, this seems like a circular answer, but I would say if it's not in the service of something beyond yourself. Um, yeah. So I would say that it's it's good and I would say that it's healthy to express yourself if there's an acknowledgement that yourself is given and it's given by someone so that who I am is a gift that I don't create myself. JP2 draws this distinction in his letter to artists between a creator and a craftsman, and that Uh humans can never actually be creators because only God can create something out of nothing. So the rest of us are just craftsmen. And so I think when we lose sight of our role as craftsmen and we try to enter into this creator role and we try to create something out of nothing, and instead of having the sense of, I get to craft something and orient it towards a creator, and it's in service of something beyond myself instead of in service of myself, then it's gone too far, which essentially would say it hasn't gone anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. But like self-expression goes too far when it it never moves beyond oneself.
0: Beautiful profound. You know, it's very on brand for JP too. His uh, favorite quote from Vatican II was from Gaudium et Spes, paragraph 24. Um, it was, uh, man only finds himself in a sincere gift of himself. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's right. So all these people going out, um, I mean, like the eat, pray, love model of like, I'm going to go and mm-hmm. find myself. Yeah. It's like, you don't need to, you don't need to find yourself. You're right here. Yeah. Uh, you need to find your identity outside of yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean going somewhere. That means looking up. Mm-hmm. It means converting, right? What's the first thing Jesus says in the gospels? Repent and believe in the gospel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we make it so difficult sometimes, but I think your answer is phenomenal, because when we look at self-expression as glorification of self, and that's self-worship, because we're going to worship something. Right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before, I'm sure. Like <clears throat> You're going to worship something. If you're not worshiping God, then you're going to worship someone, something. But more often than not, it's going to be yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is satanic, mm-hmm. right? Not satanism. But that is literally the spirit of Satan. That is the Antichrist mm-hmm. um, who says that we ought to empty ourselves and fill ourselves with Christ. It's an outward focus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these things that we're seeing with the occult, I, I, I think I, I tend towards your take that these things about like the occult and dressing up like devils and demons and all these satanic imageries and music and pop culture, it's trends. Mm-hmm. It's popular because people maybe they don't believe in Satan or maybe they're obsessed with the demonic um because they think there's some sort of hidden power. Um mm-hmm. I mean there's been resurgences of mysticism and magic and mm-hmm. sort of a renaissance for hermeticism as an example mm-hmm. like those come up. So mm-hmm. what is our response? Our response is focus on Jesus. Not be distracted by these things. And I think as we've hopefully shown in this episode to to dig deeper, I think some mm-hmm. of these things like the Doja Cat video and all the satanic imagery, it's a red herring. Right. What's the What's the actual issue is this, this woman is clearly broken. She clearly has a lot of things going on in her life that are not going well, that are not going the way that she wants, and so she's reacting in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, we don't have to pry into her intentions to just see this is clearly disordered. There's clearly some sort of storm going on in her mind and heart. Mm-hmm. The thing that I just want to add is like, it's incredibly popular and it's not just cause it's catchy. I think that there's, there's something there that points to a, a deep wound in our society that people are picking up on this resonate. It resonates with them. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's beyond the catchy beat and the catchy uh, um, way that she sings. I mean, she has a very unique style, for sure. Um, I mean, I can't get it out of my head. It's an earworm, for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's clearly resonating with people, and I think that should also just kind of light the fire even more, that we need to preach the gospel Mm
1: -hmm. and share
0: Jesus and an encounter with him
1: Mm -hmm.
0: all the more passionately. Mm
1: -hmm. And put Taylor Swift on the Halo app to convert the world.
0: Uh, so I'm taking uh, I'm taking applications for new co-hosts for Good Distinction. <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding. Um, gosh, I just everything after 1989 was just lackluster. Oh but, my gosh, uh, you're
1: really missing whatever hot ones, take, whatever. No
0: <laughs> um, there's a couple songs that I think are okay. I'll probably go listen to it and be like, okay, this I'm is actually
1: do a curated playlist. I will listen. Follow the Good I'll Distinction Spotify listen. if you want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man, that'll be fun. Okay. Uh, Anything else to add today, Teresa? I think we covered a lot of ground.
1: Yeah, I think that's it for now.
0: Folks, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Thanks for watching Good Distinctions or listening. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you're listening, please uh, leave a review for the show and rate the podcast. That lets the algorithm know that more people should check it out. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Click the bell for notifications so that you uh, never miss out. Feel free to comment. We, um, we're we pretty good at commenting back. Uh, if you're on Instagram, go to at Good Distinctions. We're also on Facebook. And most importantly, uh, if you haven't done so, if you've been listening to Good Distinctions and you like what we've been doing, please go to gooddistinctions.com and sign up. You can sign up for free. Everything that we produce is free. Uh, we don't like the idea of paywalls Um, we want everything that we put out to be easily accessible by whoever wants to see it Uh, that being said if you do like what we're doing and you'd like to support us financially uh, we could certainly use it the the things that we uh, have been using to put this podcast out the software the microphones uh, all sorts of other things those those add up those costs And so for as little as $5 a month, you can become a paid subscriber, be part of the Good Distinctions community. Um, That gives you a few things. You're able to start threads on Substack on gooddistinctions.com. Instead of just commenting, you can actually start one and get a conversation going, uh, which we're all about, igniting good conversations. And uh, more than that, you get time off in purgatory. Okay, the last (laughs) one, I'm not sure if that's actually true. I've been working on it with the good <laughs> Lord, but um, in all seriousness, we could definitely use your help financially to keep this thing going. We uh, we love making great content with Good Distinctions, and uh, your support will help us continue to do so. Uh, we have some great guests coming up. We have some uh, nifty ideas for topics that we'd like to discuss. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So again, gooddistinctions.com. Like us on Instagram and YouTube, and uh, rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. And so, with that, good distinctions.
1: The spice of life. We'll see you next time.